welcome to the Next in Line podcast, where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I'm your host, Chance Pitts, and I would like to thank you for tuning into this episode. Guys and gals, welcome back into another episode of the Next in Line podcast. Thank y'all for sticking with us. Welcome anybody that is a new listener. If you are a new listener, we have a little bit of an ask here. If you receive value from this episode or any other episode of the Next in Line podcast, we would ask that you share the show with like-minded individuals who might be able to receive that same kind of value. That's the number one way for us to grow and move ourselves in a positive direction. Um, And whenever we're able to grow, we're able to reach more people and, in effect, help more people. Along with that, guys, another way you can help us do that is by liking, subscribing, uh, leaving us a rating or review, commenting, and just interacting overall with the videos uh, or the episodes, wherever you see them, guys. So if that's on Spotify, YouTube, whatever it is, Whenever you interact, that's going to help us pop up in the search bar a little bit faster when people look for personal development or self-help type podcasts, and it's going to be a big help. Like I said, guys, the reason we want to reach more people is because we want to help more people. That is our whole point here. Um, I seriously thank you to everybody that stuck along for this, um, and also for those of y'all that have stuck along um, and seen that we've been dropping episodes pretty much every Monday and Thursday, I believe I owe y'all a little bit of an explanation. Um, While I did say that new episodes are on Monday and that thoughtful Thursdays aren't always a promised thing, I know I've been doing that pretty steadily for a while. So life got a little bit crazy this past week. Uh, We had some bad news come in here and there. We had some things going crazy. Um, Been fighting some stuff physically and mentally on my side a little bit. Um, Got a little bit overwhelmed and that's the reason I did not put out a Thoughtful Thursday podcast. I didn't feel like it was something I could put together in a good fashion for y'all. So I went ahead and opted to not do that. Now that's not going to be the case going forward. We're going to try to keep pushing those out and keep that kind of extra information coming in the right direction. We've also got an awesome interview podcast set up that we're going to get edited and put out to y'all with the awesome Corey Mitchell who we sat down with a couple weekends ago. Super, super excited about that one. Um, But guys, today what I wanted to talk to you all about isn't really a motivational, per se, directly motivational topic. Um, But it comes from a place of motivation. It comes from a place of inspiration. Trying to show you all that if I'm able to do this whole running thing and I'm able to do these crazy physical things, anyone else can go in and do them just like myself. And guys... The reason I thought I would have a conversation with y'all today about this is because this is one of the number one questions that I get whenever people talk about the physical side of my transformation and of my personal development, and that is, how did I get into running? Or, kind of along with that hand in hand, what does a running schedule, a typical week, look like for me? So I really wanted to sit down and try to answer both of those questions for y'all today, Um, and I want to start with the how did I get into running? So... Back in the day, um, growing up in a small town, going to high school in a small town, I was active in just about every single sport that you could imagine. Baseball, uh, basketball, football, cross country, all these different things. Track as well. Um, And it really gave me a way to stay in shape. It gave me an outlet for um, any kind of just energy and any kind of creativity, any kind of drive uh, and desire to become better uh, was kind of handled through that in a lot of ways. I was super, super competitive. I played uh, year-round tournament baseball. I made it on a couple travel teams for basketball as well. Uh, We played football in the little leagues growing up and then played in high school as well. So I was super active in a lot of different physical activities and running were all 
running was a huge part of all of those different activities, um, especially in the cross country. Now, during that cross country time, whenever we were doing three mile races, so 5K races uh, for each cross country meet, we really didn't go over five mile runs whenever we were in our training regiment. So the whole idea of distance training was completely foreign to me. Now, as I moved through my high school days, I got into powerlifting. I started packing on extra protein in the form of protein shakes, taking on a ton of, uh, a ton of extra carbs, and bulking up. And I really found myself in a weird spot because I went from being a linebacker, running back, wide receiver type build to moving into the lineman build and being one of the bigger guys on the 2A side, being at a 2A small high school, being one of the bigger guys that could play the line and be strong enough to play the line. Um, and we went a couple rounds deep in football um, my senior year with me on the line and a bunch of other great guys. So that kind of shows you the size that I'd gotten to. I went from, I think over the course of my high school career, weighing about 135 all the way to transforming to about 235 of my heaviest, uh, maybe a little bit lighter than that whenever I was in school. But there was a huge swing of weight between my freshman and my senior year. Um, so that really hurt my endurance. It hurt my running. Um, I really wasn't that active in that role. So whenever I started to move through college and move through my career and kind of figure out my way in life and get on this personal development journey within the past couple of years, it's really been the first time that I decided to start running. And what that looked like initially for starting running for myself was one mile on the treadmill and then a lifting workout and then one more mile on the treadmill. It wasn't any kind of crazy distance. It wasn't any of this endurance stuff that you're seeing me do right now. It was very simple, guys. It was running on a treadmill in a climate-controlled gym um, in the perfect storm kind of setting, right? It wasn't anything challenging. It wasn't anything crazy. But at the time, it was what was moving me in the right direction. And quickly, as I got in better shape, I lost some weight, and I became much more physically active, I decided to start running on a daily basis. It started off with running about three and a half, four miles uh, to fill up my 75 hard 45 minute outdoor workout. So I would do intervals, I would walk some, um, and I really would not push myself that hard until I got into it a few weeks and realized that I still had some endurance abilities under my belt. So I decided to start pushing it out. And pretty soon I was running about five miles a day on average. Um, and that's really where I found my love because I started listening to some awesome guys in the podcast world. Um, and I discovered Chad Wright, who at the time had done the Mid-State Mile, which is a last man standing style race. I believe he ran like 128 or 138 miles uh, or something like that to win it that year. Uh, for those of y'all that don't know what a last man standing style race is, you run a one mile loop over and over and over. You have 20 minutes to complete the loop. Um, and you run until one person is left able to complete that loop. And the race lasted, um, like I said, until 128 or 138 miles. And I kept up with that. I watched what he was doing with these 100-mile races and these FKTs, the fastest known time on some trails, and really setting records and doing all these crazy things. And I was really inspired by that. I fell in love with endurance and the running side of things all over again. And that's where it sparked my interest to start doing some research into these ultra marathons. And it also, as I started to look into those things and discover that 
with me running five miles a day, I was actually doing the same amount of mileage per week as some marathon runners do. I came to a realization that with some tweaks, I could probably get in on one of these races and I could I could probably get myself ready if I put in some longer runs and uh, work some certain intervals and really honed in my running skills. I could discover how I could fit into those groove and it wouldn't take forever for me to do so because I'd already been running five miles a day for essentially, I don't know, the last two months. So that was when I saw this big inspiration of mine Chad Wright was hosting a 50k ultra marathon over in Georgia and I hadn't at this time run anything more than a 5k um, as far as something competitive like I said I hadn't ran over five miles really maybe six or seven uh, in this training run whenever I did a couple of smaller um, smaller runs at the time they were pretty long distance for me and I really fell in love with the aspect of running and I saw this 50k pop up um, I think I finished up 75 hard in July or August of last year and this race was being held in September early September um, so there wasn't a whole lot of lead time or anything like that but something that he said struck me he said if you've never ran a 50k before come out here and we will help you push through. We will help you discover what you need to discover to get yourself across the finish line. We'll make sure it happens. And that really hit me. And I just decided to say, why not? So I started digging into the research a little bit and getting into everything. Um, and like I said, I was already running five miles, so I had a good base established for myself. And that's where I really just tried to take the bull by the horns and say, hey, I'm going to do this. And I skipped the 10k the half marathon the marathon phases and went straight to my first ultra marathon in the form of the 307 project 50k over in georgia and it was a crazy thing to try to do i don't recommend anybody does that um but i do recommend that you go out and you try to set some big goals for yourself and you strive to achieve them my way of setting goals is i set goals that seem unattainable and unachievable to other people and I use it as a fuel and as a passion and as a driver for myself to push out and strive for these big, big goals. So that's exactly what I did, guys. I started looking into research, looking into how to do a training schedule. Um, I adapted that, obviously, since I only had about a month and a half worth of time. Um, and I hit it hard, guys. I think my longest run before that race was about 17 miles or 15 or 17 miles. It was the longest thing I had done, which was actually pretty adequate for what I was doing at that point, but I had built a really good base for myself, like I said, running five to seven miles per day, um, and that's really what saved me, um, and as I dove into that running schedule and I got closer, I was really nervous about the race and really excited about what I was going to be able to do with that race, um, but the biggest obstacle that came my way was I actually got COVID three weeks before the race, um, and that put me in a weird situation because I had never done this before. I didn't know what to think. Everybody was still really afraid of COVID at the time. So it was kind of a weird spot to be in. But I waited my two-week quarantine period. I tested the waters out, did a couple runs, didn't feel 100% um, until just before. But I had already signed up for the race, already committed. We had flights. So we decided to go run it. Uh, had a great time out there in Georgia. Went and ran a very challenging course, a very neat course as well. The 307 crew is fantastic out there. I'm actually rocking one of their shirts right now. You can see the 307 Project shirt right there. Um, and guys, it was 
phenomenal. I was hooked from that instant. Um, I actually did pretty good. There was 118 people that signed up for that race, and I was able to take 12th. Um, my wife went with me. She was an awesome crew for me. I uh, kind of put her into, into fits worrying about me with the whole COVID thing. Uh, my dad actually came out there as well and caught up with a buddy of his. They did some trail running and then popped in and checked on me during the race as well. So it was just a really cool experience. It was really, really cool to have everyone there with me. Um, and that's really how I got into the whole ultra running thing and the long distance running. Um, and I really, another aspect of it is I just enjoyed the mental toughness part, the fortitude uh, that you have to form within your own head to be able to try to take these things on. It is really just mind over matter at that point, guys. Everybody says it and it sounds cliche, but your body will do way more than you can ever imagine it will do. It's all in the head. That's what shuts you down and that was that's what keeps you from being able to achieve those things. So it was really interesting to, to dive into that and really get an opportunity to explore that. And that's where my drive to continue and push on to these longer races comes from. And so I hope that gives you some good insight. I hope anybody that has that question or sit down and asked that question to me before or seen any of the things we're doing on social media, and that's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. If you've seen anything we're doing on social media and you're wondering why we're running as far as we are or what we're doing or how we're doing it, that is one of the big driving factors behind it, that mental game and the mental fortitude challenge, uh, mental toughness challenge that comes with ultra running. And guys, on the other side of that, I wanted to kind of give you an insight because there are some people I know that are curious about these ultra runs or curious about marathons and these long distance races. And I wanted to give you some insight into what a typical training block looks like for myself. Now, I want to preface this by saying that I am not a trained professional. I am still very rookie and amateur and green whenever it comes to these kind of races. I am somebody that has figured out a lot of things on his own. He's never had a coach. I've never certified as a personal trainer. Whatever advice that you take from this, use it, adapt it. But at the end of the day, make sure it works for you guys. I want you to make sure you're doing the right things for yourself, the right training practices, not overtraining and being safe. Because whatever works for me works for me, and whatever works for you works for you. And that's a big aspect of this whole thing. You can't tailor your schedule to exactly what somebody else does. But, guys, with that little preface out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into a typical training schedule for me. Now, I mentioned the base, having a good base established. Like I said, I ran five to seven miles a day for a long time, um, about a really a solid month and a half or so. Uh, and that that was, I guess, comes out to about 35 to 40 miles a week. And a lot of marathon runners will put some longer runs in there. They'll work intervals, they'll work hill work and all this crazy stuff. But they typically stay under that 35, or I'm sorry, under that 50 mile mark. So somewhere within that range, I quickly realized that I was already building a good base for myself to go out and run a marathon whenever I was ready. It just happened to be that a 50K popped up before that, and I was excited to take on that kind of challenge. So the first thing you have to do, guys, is you need to build yourself a base. What I do is I go out, and if I'm starting from complete ground zero, I'll put a few miles on my legs every single day. I'll listen to my body. I'll make sure that I have plenty of ample time for whatever race or whatever competition I'm trying to take on. I'll go out and I'll run a few miles every day. I'll go put three today. I'll do a walk one day. I'll do five here and four here, whatever it is, and just get a really good feel for things. I might break out six or seven out of the blue uh, just to get a long run and see how my legs are feeling and not really push myself over the top. And 
I'll feel where I'm at and I'll get to the point to where I can walk those numbers up to that five miles a day or seven miles a day or whatever it is. And I'll build a really good base to work from. I'll make sure that my legs are in a good spot uh, physically to be able to just take on whatever I'm going to throw at it and start easing it that way. Now, there's a couple different rules that I follow. One, don't just go out and overdo it for no reason, guys. You can't just break into a 15-mile run, or I should say the typical person can't just go break into a 15-mile run from a standstill of zero training and be okay. That's not going to be something that really is able to happen for you, and it shouldn't be something you're trying to go out and do anyway. Don't be ashamed if you can't go do that. It really takes a lot of people time to build up to these things. I know people that train a year to go do a half marathon, and that's okay to each his own perfect but I'm a little bit different in my approach so that's the first thing and then which is listen to your body and then the second thing I would say guys is just make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into make sure that you know that this is going to take some time it's going to take some commitment and you're really going to have to make sure that you are sticking to your plan and that you're really invested in what you're doing if you're going to want to start running some of these long distances. But that's what I would really start with. You're going to want to build a base. This could take a month. This could take a month and a half, two months, whatever it is. You're going to want to work that out, especially if you start at zero, guys. It's going to take you some time to build up to this point, and that's okay. If you start with walking, start with walking. Ease your way that direction. But whatever it is, work that base out before anything else. And then that's where the actual workouts and interesting stuff is going to happen. So after I've been running and established a base of about five to seven miles per day for about a month and a half or so, I like to start with an incremental increase type schedule. So I base myself off of miles per week. Um, some people really like that format. Some people like listening to their body and just seeing how it goes. And I've seen both, uh, both different types of schedules have a lot of success to them. Now, the incremental increase I'm talking about. So I'm starting with a base of about 35 miles per week. So what I will do is I'll change that uh, weekly mileage up to 45 miles per week, which on a seven-day average was at seven miles a day on average uh, or something like that. I said 45, so just under seven, uh, just under six, actually. Actually, I'm bad at math, so I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, be between six and seven miles per day. But what you're going to want to do, guys, is you're going to want to have a cyclical type schedule. At least that's what works for me. So on Monday, I'll do a moderate length run. I'll do something kind of what I'm expecting, maybe a six mile run, maybe a five mile run, something like that. If my goal is 45 miles for the week and then I'll step the day two out to a little bit longer run, maybe an eight or nine mile run. And then now that I've got a longer run in the schedule on Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll peel it back just a little bit, maybe a four mile run, maybe a three mile run. Or if you're light on your schedule and you're using some bigger days to supplement on the weekends, you can do a recovery day, maybe an active recovery like a walk or even just an all out recovery non running non-active kind of day i like to stay active on my recovery days it just helps everything flow a little bit easier especially as you're building these mileage uh, type schedules like you are there and then on thursday guys coming off that easier day on wednesday i like to step it back up to an average day six or seven miles again 
Friday, I like to kind of pull it back just a little bit, maybe four or five miles. And then Saturday, I really like to push it out. I like to get to maybe like a nine mile run, maybe a 10 mile run. Just depends on how you're feeling and what you're capable of as a whole. Um, and then Sunday, guys, again, just rest and recover kind of day. Maybe it's a three mile walk. Maybe it's a three mile run. Maybe it's a no running kind of day. But what you're really shooting for, guys, is you're shooting for that 45 mile total. And what you're going to do with that as well, guys, is you're going to make sure you're following a rule kind of like the 80-20 rule. And what the 80-20 rule, 80-20 rule is, guys, would be running 80% of your runs at an easy conversation pace and 20% at a hard, like kind of uh, above your threshold, getting yourself working kind of hard can't hold a conversation at that pace, really kind of having to pay attention to your breathing and your physical movement at that pace. So that's what the rule of thumb is for a lot of people. That's a ton of people that follow that rule. Uh, I forgot exactly who came up with that, but it is a great rule of thumb, guys. And you don't have to pay attention to heart rate too crazy. You can if you really want to get analytical, but a good rule of thumb, guys, is that conversation pace. You want to make sure that you are able to talk if you're running with someone else it's actually kind of something I do I call my dad or I call my wife or my cousin or somebody like that uh, while I'm running just to kind of get a good bearing and make sure I'm not running too hard whenever I get to this conversation pace um, and then whenever I'm working the harder workouts I push myself and now those harder workouts don't necessarily look like an all-out dead sprint or pushing myself over the top uh, for that 20 percent side of the rule that 20% sometimes looks like running something with some elevation and some hills where I got to work a little bit harder, but maybe move at a slower pace. That's still going to give me some upped heart rate. It's still going to give me some, some harder work to get after, some elevated uh, heart rate type work. And even along with that, guys, you can work intervals in as well where you're doing some harder pushes out on the track or maybe on some hills or out just on stretches of runs that you uh, you can run hard for four minutes and you can kind of reel it back in for two or walk for two and push yourself back out and use that to really bring in that 80-20 rule and get you some hard, hard runs in uh, because it's going to help you out. And there's also a rule that, guys, it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense, but running slower makes you run faster, and that's where the 80 80- side of the rule comes in guys running at that easy conversation type pace is going to help you get to a point to where you're able to run a little bit more comfortably and then that other 20% side is going to be able to push you up to the top and really build your speed up so you will see a lot of big gains out of that you're going to see a lot of cool things whenever you follow those rules now that you've got the base format of what I said like I like I said like a typical normal uh, type run that fits your average for the week uh, on Monday, a longer run on Tuesday, recovery on Wednesday, Thursday's kind of back in that normal range, Thursday or Friday peels back just a little bit from that, maybe a mile or two off of that average pace, longer run on Saturday and a recovery on Sunday. That's the format that I follow pretty much for my entire uh, run schedule as I go out. Now I kind of start like on a eight or ten week schedule uh, for this kind of run whenever after I've built my base up that's where I'm going to really incrementally uh, increase that 45 mile that 55 mile week after that 65 mile maybe peel it back down to 55 because I need a little bit of a regression and recovery you don't want to run yourself into the ground and overtrain. Um, and then after that guys bump it back up to a 65 75 and then 85, whatever it is that you go to on your top end. It really depends on what you're trying to do and what kind of distances you're doing, 
on how high you want to go, how many miles you want to run as a whole. Um, and that's something that you're going to have to decide and you're going to have to figure out for yourself. Some people are able to go out and run 50 miles a week and then uh, mix in some long runs and go crank out a really long race. Some people have to go run 120 miles to feel like they're prepared for a, a week to prepare, feel like they're prepared for a long race like that. So you really have to listen to your body. You really have to do your own research and figure out this side of things. But what works for me typically, guys, is I'll have a couple regression weeks like we talked about. Um, going from climbing the ladder 45, 55, 65, back down to 55, and then go 65, 75, uh, 85, then maybe back down to 75, and then 85, 95, and then taper hard the last couple of weeks for my race that I'm doing. Um, so what that looks like in this 100-mile race, take for instance, I like my total weekly mileage to be equal to the race that I'm going to run. And what I mean by that, guys, is on my peak week for training, I want to be running around 100 miles. Uh, I want to be mixing in those long runs and doing some of these different things and getting my totals and my average up to where my peak week would be a 100-mile week. Now, that's not always what happens. you got to pay attention to injuries and overtraining and some other things that are going to keep you from doing that, kind of like I'm facing right now. I've got a little bit of a knee thing going on, so I wasn't able to hit that peak week like I'm wanting to however it's going to still work out for me because I've done a lot of training I've done a lot of running uh, I started a long ways out for this 100 mile race so I really feel like I am prepared it's just going to take a little bit more hard work and a little bit more mental side because I didn't get to do some of the really really long runs that I wanted to do for myself but there's a couple things you can mix into the schedule whenever you're doing these long runs too, guys. A couple of those things are making sure that you're doing a long run um, that's at least a third as long as the race that you're doing. So like for this one, my peak run was going to be a 33-mile race, or a 33-mile run, I should say. Uh, that's about a third of the total distance that I'm going to cover. But I was also going to supplement it with the extra mileage and running on tired legs, uh, by running 100 miles total that week. And that was going to be my peak week. So that's one way to get those legs used to running the long distance and help prepare for some of these things. But also another way is back-to-back -back long runs. You can hit a 25-mile run and a 25-mile run on the next day as well, on the Saturday and Sunday, in part of your schedule that allows you to do so. Now you have to be very careful for overtraining and some of the other side of things that make this a little bit less sustainable for your training schedule, but that's another technique that a lot of people use. Now, like I said too, guys, on your intervals and those kind of things, you can go run hills, you can go do these uh, fun trails out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they're a little bit more technical and a little bit more challenging, and that's going to help you get that heart rate up. It's going to help you grab onto that 20% side and really push yourself a little bit more. But one thing you don't want to do as well, guys, is whenever you're getting close to your race, kind of like I am right now, we got two weeks until the Habanero 100. I don't want to go out on these technical trails and I don't want to risk tweaking a knee or an ankle or a calf muscle by stepping wrong on some rocks or doing something crazy. So there's really a lot of things that you've got to prepare for. And one more thing I want to get to on this, I talked about the training schedule, but also the nutrition side of things, guys. If you're doing an endurance workout that is over an hour long, I would advise that you have some sort of calorie intake that you are working with so that you can keep your body fueled and moving in the right direction. Especially out there in the heat like this, guys, it is very easy to bonk or get behind on your nutrition to a point that you can't move forward and you don't 
you aren't able to sustain a good solid workout. So what I typically use, I like to use spring gels. Um, I like to use the Awesome Soft Spring Gel because it's 180 calories. Uh, it's all natural stuff, so it's really easy to digest, really easy to process. And if you can stomach uh, cinnamon applesauce this stuff is for you guys because it works really really well it's going to deliver some good calories i think the rule of thumb for some of these longer races is you're wanting to do three to four hundred calories an hour that's at least what i'm going to stick to during habanero uh, but those gels and those kind of things some other popular ones are goo cliff brand um Martin, some of those that are really hitting the scene right now, they're all really good. You just have to find what works for you because your stomach does become a pretty good factor on these longer runs. Um, that's actually eliminated some great runners from some races. Think about Courtney Dewalter. Um, last year, whenever she went and ran Hard Rock, she was uh, DQ'd around mile 60 or so. Uh, or she DNF'd around mile 60, I should say, but some stomach issues. She wasn't able to finish the race just because she was behind on her nutrition. She didn't have the right game plan in place for her that day. Now, this year she came out and smoked it. She said a, uh, I think she said a new course record, uh, one hard rock on the women's side. So it was awesome to see. But those gels are going to be a huge factor for you. Another way to do it is liquid carbs. Now, there's some great ones out there. Some popular ones are Tailwind. Um, I think Hammer Nutrition has a good one, too, as well. Um, there's a whole variety of them, guys, but they mix in a lot of electrolytes. They mix in some calories and some carbs um, and help fuel your run. Now, one of them I've got, and I just vetted out, and I really, really like it, actually, is the Ultraformance by First Form. Uh, that's one of them I'm going to use during this race as well. But whenever you get into these longer races, guys, those liquid carbs... And real food are going to be some of the biggest things that you can do. The gels are going to be kind of break glass in case of emergency type things. You're going to want to not get that that gel and goo and crap and syrupy stuff all in your stomach because it's going to mess up your stomach over a long mileage. You can't just sustain and survive off of those. So you're really going to want to have real food. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of popular things are like instant mashed potatoes, ramen noodles. Uh, Pringles, grilled cheese, quesadillas, all those kind of things that have a little bit of fat in them, uh, a lot of carbs, and they're going to give you good fuel to race your race. Now, I know I've thrown a ton of information at you for these kind of uh, races, and I know a lot of y'all aren't crazy interested in the ultra marathon thing or trying to run it, but that's just to give you some insight into what I'm doing, some of the things I'm keeping in mind, and the different factors that come into play with a race like this. Um, I hope that's answered some of the questions that y'all have. I know there's a ton of people that have reached out to me on the how do you do what you do? Why do you run all these races? How did you get into running these? And that's really why I wanted to sit down and have this conversation today, guys. And like I said, within this week, we're going to drop a podcast here with the awesome Corey Mitchell. They've actually got a fundraiser that they're setting up through the Habanero 100 because he decided to run that race now. I'll share that link. I'll put all of that in there. I'll have a little message before uh, the interview starts with that in the podcast. But guys, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, Reach out to us on social media. That's at Next in Line Development on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening on. Share the show with like-minded individuals, guys. And always be prepared for whatever is next in line.